podcast time. Hey, Jimmy. Jimmy, what time is it? It All Adds Up, the podcast that saves you all the money on all the things. Okay, welcome to the 23rd episode of It All Adds Up. I'm Lizzie, and today I'm joined by my brother, John. Yo. So this is our fourth episode of season two, where we're talking about all things food-related. And last week, we talked about the health costs associated with certain diets, including the $20 billion that the U.S. spends every year on illness related to red meat consumption. So switching to a more plant-based diet can help to avoid these health costs, plus it can reduce your spending on food by up to $750 per year. And I'm certain that I saved even more than $750 this year with my plant-based diet. With all my extra free time during the pandemic this summer, I put in a 64-square-foot raised bed garden in the backyard. And because I'm so cool, I made a spreadsheet that tracked every piece of produce that I harvested. According to my calculations, I saved over $170 that I otherwise would have spent at the grocery store. And if you ignore the one-time upfront costs for things like the fence, wood, and soil, and if you only include the costs for seeds and water, you saved over $510 this year. That's pretty solid, especially considering you really had no idea what you were doing. Yeah, it actually wasn't as complicated as I thought it would be. Plants will grow as long as you give them enough space, enough sunlight, and the proper amount of water. Nature is cool like that. And I think the average garden usually saves you about $10 per square foot, so I was just under those savings during my first year. And now that you have some experience under your belt, you've learned a lot of gardening tricks that could save you even more money for next year's crops. And I think the best place to start is with the process of planning your garden layout. So we used a raised bed this summer, but it's cheaper to till the soil and plant directly into the ground. And it's cheaper because you avoid the infrastructure costs of the raised bed, plus you need to water the plants less if they're directly in the ground. Exactly. And many plants need at least six hours of direct sunlight per day, so it's also important to make sure your garden is placed where it has a lot of exposure to sunlight. This will help you get the highest yield from your plants, so you save more money per plant. But before we planted this summer, we didn't do nearly enough research about what the yield of different plants would be. I was amazed at how many zucchinis and tomatoes we got this year. We had three zucchini plants this summer, but next year we'll definitely plant only one. And the instructions on the seed packet can help you with other aspects of planning. They tell you the optimal months to plant the seeds based on your climate region. For example, certain types of lettuce can be planted in California as early as January, but you should wait until March to plant that same type of lettuce in West Virginia. The instructions will also tell you how much spacing the plant needs to properly grow and how deep into the soil to plant the seed. And it's important to know that certain plants shouldn't be planted near each other. So crops like onions and garlic give off chemical outputs that wilt greens like lettuce. Exactly. And following all of these instructions improves plant yield. Another important aspect of crop placement is how you rotate the crops. Effective crop rotation strategies minimize pest risk so you can avoid paying for costly pesticides. 
Crop rotation also enhances soil nutrients, which lets you avoid paying for costly fertilizers. So crop rotation is when you switch out the crop type on a given plot of land, and you can have multiple rotations in one calendar year. So a typical crop rotation would be a crop like potatoes or tomatoes, then switching to legumes, then switching to brassicas like kale or cabbage, then switching to roots like celery or carrots. Then you would repeat this entire cycle. Potatoes and tomatoes are highly extractive plants, which means they deplete the soil of its nutrients, which is why after you plant potatoes or tomatoes, you want to plant a legume in the same spot. Legumes act as something called a cover crop, which replenishes nutrients within the soil. And once you have your plans for plant placement and rotation, it's good to remember a few other tricks that can minimize the costs of your garden. So when it comes to watering your plants, the cheapest thing to do is to collect rain in a rain barrel, then use that water to water your plants. That means you can keep your water bill low. And two great options are drip irrigation or hand watering. Drip irrigation can minimize your water usage, but hand watering can help you keep a better eye on your plants. And it's best to avoid sprinklers because they can cause unwanted growth, wilting, or even disease among your plants. And make sure to water your plants at the base, not on the leaves. And the most optimal time to water your plants is just after sunset. This helps the plants retain water for growth. And for most plants and climates, you really only need to water your plants twice a week. Younger plants might need a bit more attention, but unless your plants are super wilty at night, they're probably doing just fine on water. Exactly. Overwatering plants prevents their roots from growing deep into the soil. Plants with longer roots can soak up more nutrients, allowing them to be more resilient to weather and pests. And composting is another useful trick. So we started to compost our food scraps this summer so we can use it for healthy soil next year. And you can also mow dead crops into your soil, which is like a natural form of composting because it adds biomass to the ground. And compost can greatly reduce your need to purchase fertilizer. And lastly, we recommend planting flowers in your garden. Not only do they look pretty, but they are helpful for pollination, which assists with plant growth. Okay, quick recap. All right, so a typical garden can produce enough vegetables and fruits to save you about $10 per square foot of garden per year. For our first time gardening with minimal knowledge, we saved almost $510 in produce costs. Hell yeah. And next year, our savings should be even higher once we use natural processes like crop rotation, composting, and rain barrels. This will let us avoid paying for fertilizers, pesticides, and water. And we'll also save a lot on the gas money we spent to drive to the local store to buy fertilizer and pesticides this year. Hell yeah. And by having a garden, we save money on produce and eat more of a plant-based diet. So we're saving money on both food and on long-term healthcare costs. And keep in mind that the savings from this episode depend on food prices in your area, the climate in your area, and what natural gardening practices you choose to follow. But even if these financial savings can seem small, just remember, it all adds up. And be sure to follow us on social media. Our Instagram handle is It All Adds Up Podcast. Our website is It All Adds Up Podcast.com. And you can find us on Facebook at It All Adds Up The Podcast. And a huge shout out to John for handling all of the audio work for this podcast. Follow his bands by searching Stray Tuesday or Mother of Earl on Spotify and Apple Music. So I was talking to one of my friends about the garden and he asked me if I was growing any steak.